A very warm welcome to the best podcast in the world. A very warm welcome to the Strength and Skills podcast. This is your host, Nick Tibuzek, and with me is my co-host, Rato, the boss, Bossage. Hi, everyone. <laughs> How do you like the new nickname? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, hope everybody's doing uh, well. Uh, we have a wonderful morning right here in Vienna. How's the weather down there in Munich? It's the same here. It's pretty sunny. So, yeah. Perfect. So, for all the listeners, as you see, we are doing this one online. All right. Um, as you hopefully heard in the last uh, episode, we talked a little bit about classic periodization programming and all that stuff. And um, this episode today will be just an add-on onto, onto the other one. Um, today, we're going to talk about how to tackle what phase that you're going to have in your prioritization. How does that look like? Maybe a little bit into how does a session in the phase look like? And um, I think we can just kick it off. All right. Um, we would like to start off with a general thing right here so um how does how does a general phase um look like for maybe a beginner up to a, an advanced lifter what would you say Arado? yeah so with the general phases the main thing is that we have all three components within one phase so the thing that we talked about in the previous podcast that separation into strength technique and hypertrophy with the general block, we have all of those three things in one, and we try to develop all of them at the same time. That's the thing. So uh, from, from our point of view, uh, someone in that in that level, maybe, I don't, I don't like to say that way, but in that um, case, <laughs> um, you don't need a, usually you don't need such a big specialization into one topic as for most people, it's very important to build a very good base. That's something we already talked about um, when it came down to the pyramid thing. So the bigger the base, the better you can go and specialize on something special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, you simply need time to see uh, where are your weaknesses and what you need to tackle more. And over the course of that one block with maybe two blocks, you can see things kind of crystallize themselves out. And then you can bring decisions and yeah, plan the upcoming block. That's absolutely the, the, the case. That's the yeah. thing. All right. Um, so from there on, we have, how, how does, it, does a session for a person like that look like? Yeah, you have uh, the basic separation into uh, main work, assistance, and accessory work. And within that separation, you can kind of put different focus on different parts. So, for example, you can start the session out with some skills, and that would be primarily technique work. Uh, after that, the main work would be more strength-specific, and the assistance and accessory work would be more uh, geared towards hypertrophy. All right. So, from from from, how does a does a day look like that? Maybe it's a classic pushing day. It could be someone works on the technique part on the handstand. 
that would be a very classic one. Um, then you go into the main lifts, a classic full body pushing day would be maybe having dips and back squat as the classic main lifts. Maybe done some assistance work, which could be some stuff that carry over into that. Yeah. From, from my point of view, maybe some pike push-ups and the classic single leg work. So that's maybe a, a lunge variation. So you see, this is a classic, you know, because uh, you, the listener might not see that, but uh, Rado is sitting there. The smile is coming to his face because he knows. Oh yeah, those are those are good sessions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then then maybe comes in some accessory work that that you might need. It could be anything. So it could be maybe some triceps work, maybe some some classic quad work, or maybe some some more glutes and stuff like that. It depends on what you need on, in that case. So um, that's a very classic uh, session where you have like. Maybe from six to eight exercises um, and the, the, the set that you have that really depend on what's, what's, how much time do you have? How much do you, do you can you actually, um, yeah, how much do you need? That's in the end, the, the thing. Huh? Um, from there on, that's a classic day for a general general block for a beginner and also for some advanced lifters i train like that very very often mm. my blocks really look like that very very often yeah. um but as i would say i'm a little bit more experienced now and the, the thing right here is for some people it might be that i'm very experienced but from my point of view i'm not because from from I see, I see it from a different view. In my bubble, I'm a beginner, so that that's something why I don't program very special stuff for myself or for for most of our athletes. Most of them are, in my eyes, not very experienced or something. They don't need the special stuff and all that because the level that we have right now is usually easily to get after two or three or four years of training and um i'm talking about doing deadlifts up to 250 kg doing some handstand push-ups um having like 100 kg dip and a little bit upwards yeah um pulling 60 to 80 kg um in a pull-up or chin-up however you want to call it um in that in that stuff yeah doing some handstand push-ups and all that stuff you know that's 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 the point what i'm what i'm talking about talking about general beginner and maybe a little bit more experienced stuff so um it could also be that you might be good at one thing very very much and very experienced and then maybe your squat is shit like actually most of the calisthenics people think like 150 kg squat is crazy and it's not it's actually not so they dip like 120 and squat like 150. And um, in that case, you're still a kind of a beginner in the squat. And that's something we, we definitely need to keep in mind when we program stuff like that, because that makes things sometimes very complicated because 
someone is in the upper body very experienced, but in the lower body on such a low level that you actually get into trouble with that stuff because maybe they would need technical phases and strength phases and special phases for the upper, mm. but they're still beginner on the on, on the lower body. Sometimes that's a little bit confusing for some people, especially when it comes down to to uh, how do how do I parasite that? Because on the on the one end you really have to look into specialization and all that stuff. On the other hand, it's like fucking hell. That's a beginner level. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> that's crazy. Mm. All right, from the point where we are right now, um, we had that general and beginner and a little bit more advanced lifter. Um, we're going into the specialization parts, which we already had in the last episode, um, which are strength, technique, and hypertrophy. And I would like to, let's kick it off with some strength work. How does a classic strength block look like? Yeah, with strength work, you kind of want to specialize. You want to really train the main lifts as specifically as possible to the competition. And because in our case, we are doing one rep maxes, we want to train at higher intensities and lower rep ranges to really practice those lifts in those situations. That's the very important thing here. Um, what we had right here before was we had the maybe a technical part before the main lifts. Mm -hmm. When you come into strength phases where you're really going to specialize on certain lifts because that's needed for strength for yeah. because you just really specialize on one lift or some in our case four lifts um you usually cut down the stuff that is not needed for this specialization for this focus you have right now and that's okayish yeah. it's like you you're gonna lose everything because of it of doing that it's just you have a little bit of more focus of that. Yeah? So um, at that point, you usually do less technique work and go more into really building up strength for, I don't know, it could be the squat, it could be um, pull-ups and all that stuff. And then you still have some assistance work, of course, which should be very, again, specialization should be a specialization into the lift that you're doing so um sometimes you can as of course do some some assistance work like um doing doing some bench press for dips in that case i would actually in 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 during a strength phase i would maybe doing some banded dip work which maybe give a little bit more um, more focus on the last part of, of the dipping um, because you really want to want to um, focus on the long head of the triceps or something like that yeah so that's the the more focused and specialized stuff that you do in the systems work there and you usually do less of of um, Accessory, accessory work as well. Mm -hmm. So um, that's some stuff people need to keep in mind. And if you, 
you can see it from that point. Usually maybe a training session takes like two and a half hours, something like that, the, the classic one. Um, when you have the specialization on strength in a, in a phase, you, you can try to keep your training in the same amount of time because you will do a less volume but you will need longer breaks in between the sets. So I don't know how, how long do your squat sessions uh, take? Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing is, it's not only the squat sessions, uh, together with the squat, it's the dip. So like only for the main work, you need like one and a half hours, maybe even more sometimes, especially if there's a um, heavier session. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the time component is definitely important here. And it's always a smart idea to take away some of the volume to be able to focus more on the intensity at the start of the session. Yeah. That's very important because otherwise you are in the gym for four and five hours. Yeah. What is completely okay, but you will reach the point in your life when you just don't have the time to do so. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Love to have it, but I just can't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's a very important thing. <laughs> cut down the volume on the on the one end and higher up the intensity on the other end to really balance things right right there mm -hmm. so um in in the strength block it's a little bit more into main and, and assistance work it could could all always be that you still have a little bit of technique work and still have some accessory work in there but the focus is a little bit more on main and assistance and mostly on main exercises. So the general has a very balanced work right there. The strength is a little bit more into main and assistance work. And what is also very important right here is to choose the assistance right for the strength exercises. So the thing here is you need to understand that on certain points, some exercises might not be the best ones. So if you are doing some assistance work where you do heavy dip work, really heavy dip work, the structure that will definitely be influenced the most at that point will be your shoulder girdle and mm -hmm. all the rotator cuff stuff. So when you choose your, your um, assistance exercises there, it could be... It doesn't have to be, but it could be that stuff like ring work, like ring dips and stuff like that, could be not the best assistance exercise because they are giving a big impact on the shoulder girdle and the rotator cuff stuff because you have to stabilize all the time. And that's some stuff you always have to keep in mind when you do um, the, 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 when, you, when you choose the assistance work right there. And that's a very important one um, as you really want to push the main exercises mm -hmm. and but sometimes i also had athletes who needed ring work to stay very solid so that sometimes you you really have to check that out for yourself and um as as a coach you have to check that on your lifter on your on your athlete and check out okay what works better for them so that that's a very important one to understand there it, it's not like this is the thing yeah, this is the rule. It's always has, it's, it's just a tendency that you have right there. Absolutely. All right. 
I think we we covered up the strength a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we can come up to the to the technique parts. And you mentioned something before in our talk, before we started the podcast, that was a very, very important one. Um, you read an article where someone said, yeah, technique work, that's great, but let's talk about it. But yeah, the thing is, most people think that technique work automatically means uh, practicing the lift in like 40 to 60% of the one rep max. Uh, so in other words, really, really light intensities. When in most cases, this simply isn't true because that which you learn at those low intensities possibly won't carry over to higher intensities where you are specifically uh, much more specific to the competition lift. So technique work still means that you train hard. But um, yeah, the focus doesn't lie, like we said, on strength or hypertrophy. It's primarily to tackle certain parts of the lifts, for example, um, and to yeah, simply develop there. Absolutely. Mm. So this, in, in a practical way, just to see how what we are talking about now is when you are doing, as an example, your dips, and you're doing a technical phase, doesn't mean when you have like a, I don't know, 90 kgs dip. It doesn't mean you have to train now with 30 kg dips on like, I don't know, five, five reps, something, which would be pretty easy for you. Mm-hmm. It would be the case that you actually have to work at, I don't know, 55 to 60 kg, still doing five reps, but on a really, really a big focus, not opening up the chest too early and all that stuff. So this is very important to understand. In a technical phase, you really, really, really focus on not having a technical breakdown. So there is not the case that the small little muscles, which you need to stabilize you in certain points, It, they are not allowed to give up. So you need to choose the, wa- the weight right so they can catch up to the other ones, which probably are a little bit stronger. So you really focus on that. Uh, something for me, as an example, I'm someone who squats very posterior chain, like, you know, as always comes up. Yeah. This is because my quads are... Uh, seen on a, on a, in a, in a, in a, if you compare my quads to, to, I don't know, the rest of my posterior chain, they're a little bit weaker. This is why my ass comes up first. And then I get up. I can't always get up. That's not the, that's not the problem, but I need to focus in a technical way a little bit more on having my quads firing myself up and using my adductors a little bit more when I come out of the hole. And that's some stuff that is very, very much needed in a technical um, block. As I'm having that right now, um, really focusing on that stuff. So I could use a little bit more weight, but it would not be in the in the most best way that I can, could you actually use that stuff. Yeah, that's it. So 
would you say for uh, technical block, low repetitions and middle to higher intensities are the way to go? Mostly. Mm -hmm. Mostly. Um, it depends sometimes a little bit. Um, sometimes you have some lifters who can actually work very well with a little bit, a little higher rep ranges. I'm someone like that. I can I can actually perform in between I don't know five and eight reps. I have actually my usually my my best performance. It's it's crazy, but it is like that. Mm -hmm. And um, more on the higher end mostly. So oh. my first, as an example, my first squat looks very slow, but it still looks as slow as my twelfth squat. <laughs> so everybody thinks, oh, he's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it looks exactly the same from from, from, from out there. Yeah. And that so so it depends a little bit on how the lifter reacts to stuff. How is he built like? And um so I, I would usually say you have in a technical um block usually a little bit more volume. But it also depends a little bit on the lifter, as you sometimes have people who just can't focus for long sets that much because they yeah. just lose it in the mind. And that's something you, you can train that, but you have to build it up. I actually, I hate having like six sets of something. That's, that's ridiculous to me. I, I just can't do it. I just like to, okay, give me like three to four heavy sets, kill me there. I will be able to focus on that. But if you give me like six sets, I, I'm, I'm dying. But then you have other people who easily work through that. Mm -hmm. I've, I mean, I have seen girls, very light girls doing like 10 sets of stuff, 10 sets of heavy deadlifts. And they were able to do it. It's, for some people, it's possible to do so. So that, it depends a little bit on the lifter. But in the general, I would always say less intensity, not too less. So maybe sticking around, I don't know, 85%, um, which is actually, let it be a 7.5 on the RPE scale um, yeah. to let people really work on the technique and not having a, a, a breakdown and also there's a very important part right here when you, when you look into that um when you give an athlete an rpe7 or maybe a reps in reserve three it makes them focus more on the technical stuff because when you write down an eight for most people it is like there's an eight i'm gonna die today I'm going to war. <laughs> take it as a challenge. Yeah. Seven, you don't take a seven as a challenge. An eight and plus is always, I'm going to die today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's an issue. Actually, usually when you use RPE, an RPE eight should be something where you don't have any, any technical breakdowns. Usually at a 10, you shouldn't have a breakdown. When yeah. you have a breakdown, that's a 10. But that's the thing people always might to misunderstand there <laughs> and i'm 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 guilty of that too <laughs> because that's my inner warrior you know <laughs> i i'm coming to battle <laughs> yeah 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 classic. um i think that it's also like important to note that assistance work would also probably change in a technique block 
so that like, for example, if you had in a strength block, as you noted, you wouldn't have bench press for dips. You would maybe have some banded dips because the banded dip is much more specific to the competition dip. Uh, would you say like in a technique block, a tempo dip, uh, normal tempo dip on P-bars would make a lot more sense than, for example, a ring dip? Absolutely. And it could also be a ring dip. Yeah, sure, sure. Tempo and some, something like that. Mm. Or for, for pull-ups, maybe a paused one. Maybe yeah. holding the chin over the bar um, and stuff like that. So that, that could be the stuff that, that you actually work on. Or what I'm using right now with an athlete um, for muscle-up work, as an example, I don't let him swing for, uh, very much far. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. I, I said less, uh, less swinging forward as possible. So in the end, starting point could be pull-up position. It will never be because that's a muscle up and you always have that C shape. But that's that's the thing that I said. That's that's what we're doing now. And um, it's actually hard for him. And it's working very, very well. So that's the stuff that you can actually put into a techniques-focused block. So doesn't always mean it needs to be, to be easy. It's, it always should be hard because the, the body only adapts when it gets hard. Um, but yes, the assistance work needs to, to switch up into stuff where you, where you actually really profit from in your, in your lift and in your technique. And it, that could be work where you put in some sticking point work, some low, slow work. Um, maybe also some, some work like when you have a lifter who always has a breakdown in form by really really coming forward in a squat and you give him some some safety squat work where he really has to stay upright and the upper back has to stay stiff uh, that could be the right work for that person it doesn't have to be but it could be and you always have to keep that in mind when you have your athlete there and um it's up to you to choose the right thing for the right person. And this is where experience comes in. Mm. This, a lot of exercises work for a lot of, 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 for, for a lot of problems. It could be exactly the same exercise, but you, you just have an, a, a different goal. You could use the safety bus quad for making people a little bit more stiffer in the upper back. And it could also be to give them stronger quads. Yeah. Could be the same thing with the same exercise, but it's a different focus that you have right there. And that's very important to understand that you choose your weapons well to tackle the weakness. <laughs> All right, from there on, I think that the, the last phase that we need to talk about is the hypertrophy phase. Oh yeah. And I think we all love that because we all have that hidden bodybuilder within us. Yeah, and it's the best feeling when you are in a hypertrophic phase. Honestly, I don't know if it's if it's the same case with you, but I always feel like I have much more muscle tonus and I feel much more full in comparison to a strength block where I feel like I'm so weak and I lost all my muscle mass. <laughs> 
Actually, I, I like hypertrophy phases, but for, for myself, I actually love the general phases where, where I mix up the strength with the hypertrophy for myself. Mm -hmm. personally. Um, yeah. I love to do some, some heavy stuff and some, some pumping afterwards. I love that. Um, but for the hypertrophy phases, um, actually, I think one very, very important part right here, just to bring that up in the beginning, mm -hmm. lower intensity, higher volume, but no junk volume and no low weights. And that's important to say. When you do hypertrophy phases, it doesn't mean weights get very light. And it also doesn't mean you need to do 10,000 exercises with 3,000 sets I've been there, I've done that. I've written plans for people where they did like, I don't know, I, I remember one thing when we did the strength coach um, diploma here in Vienna at Intelligence and Strength, which I absolutely recommend to everybody who is really into strength training, actually, <laughs> um, if you speak German. Um, but um, I, I wrote a plan for senior including, I think she trained for six days a week, having 10 to 12 exercises per day with like three sets of each. Oh my God. That was ridiculous. I think that was the most crazy plan I've ever written. I called it hypertrophy hell. When you look at the pictures, you gotta scroll down on Instagram at my account and I think also on hers. Um, it was in 2018, so you got to scroll a bit. Um, the results were crazy. I think it would, it has been a little bit too much volume, but at that point for her, it was the best thing that she could have done because at that point, she built up a lot of muscle mass um, and a lot of willpower because this ha has been for like 12 weeks or something like that. And she really went to, through, through hell during that time. It was, it was completely crazy doing that. I actually, I don't know how she did that because she still did PRs weekly on her lifts. That was crazy. Usually that doesn't work, but because she was in her mind, okay, it's a challenge now. I'm going into this. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to war. That really switched something up, and that was that was crazy. So everything can work, uh, but you usually have to watch things like that over time. So today. Like two years later, she's a little bit more experienced now. She doesn't need that much volume now because the intensities of her lifts are higher now. And this is something I experienced with a lot of lifters. That the stronger you get, the less volume you need. And the thing with that is, I would say this is also because um, actually when, when, you, when you're not so experienced, you're not as good as later on in choosing the right intensities, choosing the RPEs right, going to failure when it's, need, when it's needed and staying away from failure when it's needed. 
So that's something a lot of people might misunderstand there. Being in a hypertrophy phase doesn't mean you have to be in a muscular, you don't have to have failure all the time. It depends. And that's very important. So when I say bringing up the volume and lower down the intensity, it's not like you don't have intensity and you have a lot of volume. It's somewhere in between. <laughs> and that's, that's very important to understand there. So the hypertrophy phase would be a little bit more focused on, on uh, main and assistance, but also necessary. Because in a hypertrophy phase, you will have a little bit more of the very isolating work. And I, I know you know that. <laughs> So how, how, how would the hypertrophy day look for you like? Uh, well, of course, uh, we would have, just as you said, the main lift. Uh, so let's say, for example, we have dips and back squats. Um, but instead of having them in lower rep ranges, we would probably have them in a rep range of around 6 to 10 repetitions, for example, uh, somewhere in middle intensities. And then afterwards, uh, we would do... Uh, maybe some OHP and some Bulgarian split squats um, just to yeah, kind of have some assistance work and in the end uh, more isolation stuff like quad extensions and tricep extensions to get even more volume in and in that one in those two you would probably even go to higher intensities mm -hmm. um, in some cases it's also possible to go to failure uh, but that's a topic we can definitely discuss should you go to failure or not in a hypertrophy block? Absolutely. And it depends where and which exercise, which muscle do you affect and all that stuff. But actually, That's it. a very good episode where we should talk about next time um, mm. or in the, in the upcoming weeks now um, as that's some stuff. Mm, yeah, people need that. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Right. So, technical work in a hypertrophy phase, what would you say? Of course, if needed, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really tough to say uh, yes or no. You know, it, it always depends. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the thing. If a person is really proficient with their technique, uh, there's no reason to put in technique stuff. Yeah. But if yes, then probably like at the start of the session or integrate them within an exercise, then definitely. All right. So I think we, we had all the phases. Now we have to bring in some stuff that's very needed now. How to choose rep ranges for what phase? And I would say for a general, for a general thing to catch up to this one again, um, in the technical part, lower reps with less intensities. So like, I don't know, up to five reps, something like that. In a main phase, for general, it could be anything. It could be yeah. from beginning from three reps up to, I don't know, 20. Depends. Depends very hard where you're at. What are you going to do? you just earning your, your reps now and you have to get your first... 20 pull-ups and something like that, it could be that you have a set of 20 pull-ups. It could be, you know. And um, 
but it could also be that you just have like five. Depends. Very, very uh, important to understand that. Um, for the assistance work, I would usually start off with six reps. I rarely go lower than six reps in a, in a certain exercise. Really, really depends on the exercise. I mean, of course, a Turkish get-up, you would never do like five. You always do one. <laughs> but that depends on the time and attention that you have right there. So when you do a Turkish get-up, that takes a minute from you. And that's usually the length of a longer set with, that you do certain reps on. Um, but in, uh, in the assistance work, usually I start off with six. It depends on, on the athlete. How many reps it could be and it this could also be that you bring in like 30 reps of something i've i've actually given like lateral races that's the thing you give like 30 reps of lateral side races to people and it works very well because their side delt needs that and that's sometimes you need it like that i've i've given Four minute M reps of um, leg extensions to an athlete. I said, This is your time cap, four minutes, and you're gonna do as many leg extensions with a certain weight as possible. And it worked very well. He killed himself there, really got the blood rush in there, had definitely muscular failure, and he saved up so much time. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. And it worked very well. So that, that's the thing for, for the, um, I would say, for, for the rep ranges in the general stuff. But when it comes to strength, there comes another role in there. Because when it comes to strength, you really have to focus on one thing. You have to watch out to don't kill structures when it comes to the assistance work because the assistance work should help you with the main exercise that you're doing. And that's very important. You don't want to kill the muscle fibers there, but you want to give them the right stimulus to adapt for the next time. So you have to choose the rep ranges wisely. So it could be that for a pushing exercise, it's very important to, to bring in maybe lower reps, like, I don't know, doing like six to eight reps of an existence size for your heavy dips, as an example. Um, but it could also be that you're going to do like push-ups, 10 to 12 reps, because it works better for you. And that's very important to understand that sometimes it is also very needed, depends on the athlete, that you bring in when they had such a big mechanical stress on the body, they need to bring in some blood rush. And that's very important sometimes to keep the athlete healthy. Some people really need that work. I'm one of these guys when it comes to my hip. I'm not one of these guys when it comes to my upper body. And that's a very individual thing. So that's something you keep in mind. You got to play around with that over the years and see what works best for you. Um, same thing comes for technique, of course. Of course, this is exactly the same. Um, in hypertrophy, 
you should check out what works best for hypertrophy at that case. So how does your body react in case of growing to certain rep ranges in certain muscle groups? Because sometimes you have like muscle groups that, as an example, my biceps grows like crazy when it gets just mechanical stress from, from uh, chin-ups and all that stuff. It completely explodes. But actually my back, my lats love the volume. So different muscle groups, different things that work and you have to bring that in. I can easily work my lats off in killing myself all the time. I can easily do that. But when it comes to my shoulder girdle and rotator cuff, I die. So I have to choose assistance and accessory work very well there. So using exercise that might not affect those muscle groups that I bring in there also. So as, as an, uh, a lat pull down is an amazing exercise to bring in volume for me to kill my lats, but not killing my shoulder girdle. And okay. that's calisthenics. I'm sorry, but it works better for me. The calisthenics style of that would be doing front lever races. That kills my shoulder girdle. I'm done up. And it also kills the long head of my triceps. I'm done after that. You, you just, I just can't. And so exercise selection is very, very individual at that point. And also the rep ranges. For me, something in between 12 to 15 works amazing for the lat pull downs. That's the rep range. It works well. I can, I can really feel it. When, I can, when it comes to 20 reps of that, I die. It's too much because I, I go wild in my head. And that, but that, that's again, that's a personal thing, you know. So that that's why you need to understand it's everything there. It's very individual. And you you gotta gotta track that down for yourself over the years. I'm talking about years. I'm not talking about months or something or weeks or something like that. That's over years. Ooh, there we go. All right. I think we really covered a lot of stuff, huh? don't we? Definitely. All right. So if you have any questions about that, please feel free to contact us on Strength and Skills Podcast on Instagram. Contact us, maybe personally, if you, if you have any questions to Rado. Rado, how, how do we call you on Instagram? Uh, Rado underscore posits. Perfect. Or you just contact me, Nick underscore Tibu. Um, and then we're going to talk about it. If you need any help with that stuff, yeah, bringing up your strength and all that stuff, feel free to contact us for a coaching slot um, on bar underscore bell underscore coaching and Instagram or our personal Instagram accounts. Let's go. I want you to get strong and easy. Let's get it on. Have another great week of training. Goodbye.